0: This is the Vent Time with Connie podcast, where we discuss topics that can be controversial or uncontroversial. Topics range from family, faith, lifestyle, you name it. No topic is off limits. All right, sit back and relax. Here is your host of the show, Connie. Hello, everyone.
1: Welcome back to a new episode of Time with Connie. I'm your host, Connie. I have missed you guys. I know I went, I've been MIA this month. I'm sure you guys are wondering, where is Connie? You guys are probably not wondering there, but in my head, you guys are wondering, where is Connie? Because I haven't released the episode for a while now. And uh, I'm sorry about that. Um, like I promise you guys, I, I would try to keep my word. At church right now, we're going through... Uh, the summer in the Mount, you know, and Jesus talking about, um, you know, let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's basically talking about us being men and women of integrity, right? So um, I've been convicted about that um, just while going through that section of the Bible, you know, in our church. And it's just time, you know, making me to think, you know what, I promised that I was going to be releasing an episode twice a month. Why am I not doing? I need to take this thing seriously because every word matters every word that you say god take account of that so um, um i want to make sure i keep my word moving forward so you guys should be expecting another episode next week <laughs> so i'll try my best you know i'll, I'll release the episode again next week before the month or the year runs out so expect a new episode next week too so I can give my two episodes that I promised, okay? Well, how are you guys doing today? How are you guys doing? Like, I hope you guys are well. I don't know if you are experiencing this, but there's this sickness going around. Um, it started off as a sore throat, then it will start with um, coughing, fever, headache, and then dry cough. And then some people might have um, cold or whatever. But, um, it's going around all over the country and I hope you are staying safe. Please keep, um, taking your vitamins and eating well. And, um, yeah, I'm praying, you know, also cause it's only God that is protecting us, you know? So a lot could be fall, can, can fall on us, but God in his sovereign power, keep protecting us from getting worse, you know? So, um, just wanted to check on you guys and make sure you guys are doing well, um, and I staying healthy, and I hope you're not affected by this whole thing going around. For me, I just recently recovered from it. Um, I still have a little dry cough here and there, but um, I'm getting better now. So, um, please, guys, stay safe and um, take preventive measures if possible. Okay. So, how are you guys doing? The new listeners, thank you so much for listening to this to my podcast. You know. They have thousands, millions of podcasts out there and you still chose to listen to mine. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much for stopping by. Hopefully you stick around to the end of this episode and also check out other episodes that I have out there. And for the OGs, thank you so much for keep supporting me coming back every month, every week, depending on um, the frequency that I release the episode. Thank you so much for your loyal support. I really, really, from the bottom of my heart, I really, really appreciate you guys. So, today's episode is, like you can tell by the title, is going to be around Christmas, about Christmas. What is the reason for the season, you know? And that's what we're going to talk about, because Christmas is this week on Thursday, on Saturday, the 25th of December. So, this is going to be a Christmas episode. So, we are going to celebrate my Lord and Savior's birthday. Although, I don't think there's any proof out there that Jesus was actually born on the 25th. If there is, you know, I'm open to learning. But I don't think there's any proof out there that he was actually born on that day. I think it was just a day Christian um, decided to celebrate our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? So, let's celebrate it. Let's not be a killjoy. Let's celebrate it. Okay? all right guys so i'm gonna i'm gonna jump right into the episode of today so before i was saved right the way i view christmas or christmas period i view it as you know oh going back home for when i was in nigeria we go back to the village you know we see family members that we haven't seen all year um and we get to spend time with them. There is lots of food. There's a lot of events going on. Omg, there's Christmas outfit that our parents have to buy us. All those fun things, right? And you have the midnight services, the candlelight services. All those fun events here and there. And seeing family members i haven't seen for a long time. It's just fun. It's just full of family um activities. There's a lot of festival going on. You know so. And when I came to America, it's just all about it just switched to all about decorating Christmas trees, you know, the lights, the beautiful Christmas lights you see on the road, on these beautiful buildings, on the street, whatever it might be, the gifts, you know, all the celebration, the food, all those things. That's what it was about. And of course I know it was about the breath of our Lord Jesus Christ, but I don't think I knew Jesus how I knew him now. And I think I probably had a head knowledge of Jesus, but not like I don't think I've possessed Jesus. I don't know how to explain it, but um, he's he's not the love of my life. He's not my Lord at that time. Um, I I, I mean I can say I didn't recognize him as that. You know, I didn't I, uh, I didn't think of him that way. So, but now that I'm saved, I look at Christmas in a whole new. Uh, way you know actually it's true meaning um, make more sense to me now and that's what I'm really mostly focus on and that's what I want to share with you guys because sometimes we can lose um, we can lose the whole purpose of Christmas while we're celebrating Christmas because of the distraction out there I know for us in social media doesn't have a lot of advertisements this new sales going on Christmas season even on the tv so many commercials about christmas so people are profiting out of the ho- out of it you know the holiday and people are doing so many sorts of things that it's not even about christ anymore even people that don't even believe in jesus celebrate christmas which i don't have any problem with that it's still the lot of the god jesus is still being proclaimed and his work and he's still being um his light is still being shown to everybody whether you know him or not and this is how people get to know him too so um, it's a good opportunity for us Christians to let others know the true meaning of this season, why we are celebrating what we are celebrating. Who are we celebrating, you know? That's what I want to talk to us about today. So um we're gonna talk about this looking through in you know, scriptures. Let's go to the Christmas, the let's go to uh, Matthew um 1, 18 to twenty-five. That's where um we learn. That's where we get the account of Jesus Christ's birth. We also get it in Luke. But let's read Matthew for now. on, we're going to go to Luke. So let's go to Matthew chapter 1, 18 to 25. And I'm going to read ESV translation. Okay, it reads, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, When Joseph woke up from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. And that would be the end of it. That's where we're gonna stop. That's probably the end. That's the end of the chapter one. So, before we talk about jesus being the reason for the season let's talk about two human key players let's talk about his parents his earthly parents we will talk about them based on what we can learn from them looking at their life you know how the the their contribution and how they participated all of that we we'll just look at it and look at and look at how they were described and also see what we can learn from them you know so are going to just joseph you know um this advent season this christmas season i started reading a book that was gifted to me and other ladies in my church by my church it was gifted to me by my church and the name of the book um is called um the dawn of redeeming grace daily devotions for advent by sinclair b ferguson so it was gifted to us gifted to us um by our church which is such a precious gift, cause I get to read each chapter every day. It's like a devotional, and it helped, it kind of um opened my eyes and taught me about Joseph, uh, and also to think about Joseph. You know what, how he might he might he might have felt at that moment, or doing this things, why this things is happening. You know some of his um actions, what that means. You know, you know about also about his character. You know cuz Matthew that we just read described Joseph as a just man. You described him as a just and righteous man. I think that's the way they describe him. They describe him as a just man. That's the way he was described like a righteous man. So, um it just made it just kind of opened my eyes to think about you know what we can learn from Joseph and I've learned a lot reading this book. So I would like to share share some of the stuff that I learned that will actually help us understand joseph better and also what we can learn from joseph playing a part in jesus birth. okay so i'm gonna read an excerpt from the book and i'm gonna read it and then i'm gonna talk about what we can learn from it so i'm gonna read um the dawn of redeeming grace book and it's gonna be on page 33 of the book and i read but view this scene from another angle for this is the story of how Joseph came to receive Jesus Christ into his home, into his life, and into his heart. It is a glimpse into the way the Heavenly Father was preparing him to nurture his incarnate son. And as is often true in both scripture and the history of the church, the man God uses, he first bruises. Joseph was being cast completely unto the Lord, close quote. This is so um, insightful because if you think about it, based on what we just read, you know Joseph was was made know about Mary's unexpected pregnancy, and this was when they they were already betrothed, and betrothed in that time is close to us engagement, but it's not the same thing because if you recall me reading the Matthew one eighteen twenty five, Joseph was considering. Um, divorcing married quietly so it cannot be an engagement like like we do today because we don't divorce someone when we don't want to be engaged with them anymore you know when you when you break the engagement it's not a divorce you know you just break the engagement but it is similar to engagement right now but their own is a little deeper it's a, it's like a binding covenant it's a binding thing is not like engagement we have this time and it lasts for one year so i just want um put that one out there so Joseph finding out about this, this Mary unexpected pregnancy, he didn't expect it. He was shocked, I'm sure, but um, it wasn't something he was ready for, you know, and even the angel Gabriel telling him to not be afraid that he should take um, Mary as still as his wife. And, um, she conceived by the power of the Holy spirit, that news, that message he's getting, it's it's just unexpected still it's still a shock to him because that must be hard for him you know because he had to think about the the cost you know um what people would say his family will react you know the embarrassment so many things because he didn't expect this from mary because mary was also a righteous woman you know um so he wasn't expecting this from her you know so this would be a slap in his face, obviously, because it's a woman that he's supposed to marry. So to him, before the angel came, he thought Mary com- committed adultery. You know, so that was a huge embarrassment. But you know, God had to break him to the to the point where he doesn't know what to do, even though he knows the 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 right thing to do is to divorce Mary. But in his conscience, he didn't have peace about it either. He wants to make sure that. He's doing something that is pleasing to God. That's why he was still considering it. If you pay attention in the verse, when he went to sleep, he was still considering it. That's why God have to come to him and you know tell him not to be afraid, so that you know he's in support of this. It is pleasing to him for him to still continue to marry Mary. You know, so you know God have to break Joseph, um, and the, and he did that by this unexpected news, him not knowing what to do. And he did that to also to save Joseph. It's not only for Joseph to be the adopted father of Jesus, but also it to save Joseph, you know, and adopt him, adopt Joseph into the kingdom of God by Joseph being the adopted father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Isn't that awesome? When I think about how God works, how he brings everything to, you know, to flourish how he... He, he, he worked all things for our own good, for his glory, you know. It just amazes me, the character of God, you know. See how he he did all this, all this lined up, you know. And that's why I call him the master planner, because he knows how to do it. He's perfect at it, okay. So to Joseph, he's thinking, at that time, probably thinking, okay, I have to marry this woman that I know is not pregnant God told me I had to be obedient and do it, but He doesn't even know the. I'm sure by that time He have not even understand the full picture of the whole thing, what He's doing, you know, how this will affect His life in the long run, even in eternity, you know, which is so beautiful, you know. So Joseph, not even knowing, understanding everything that will come to fruition, his eternity, he still trusts God when God told him in his dream that he should marry Mary. If you pay attention to the, the the passage the verse in the test in the bible he obeyed immediately once he woke up he did exactly what god told him to do and also that's another thing that we can learn from him that's what we can learn from him to be obedient you know to be obedient to god immediate obedience not a delay obedience but immediate obedience to god and trusting in god joseph has been broken to the point that he had to just trust god even though it doesn't make sense he's still gonna trust god that he's gonna see him through that god's word will not come back to him void, because he told us that in his, in 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 his word joseph he's a jew probably would be raised reading the 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 bible what we call the old testament the, i forgot what they call it in that days he's probably aware of it because that's when i think it was in isaiah that god said either Isaiah or Jeremiah, I'm not sure, where God says that his word will not come back to him void. He will accomplish all he was sent for to do. You know, this is just me paraphrasing. But, um, so he he's he's a man that knows God's word and he knows His God is faithful. He can be trusted. So he trusts God with everything, even though it doesn't all make sense, but he trusted him. And this can even remind us, for us too, when we, when we were saved we know god has to break us he has to open our eyes and let us know our weaknesses letting us know that we are sinner let me go ahead and read how version book i'm reading called the dawn of redeeming grace how the author put it that i really want to point out to them and this will be found in page 34 of the book the dawn of redeeming grace so page 34 and i and i quote and if we are to yield to him as lord in every part of our lives of our lives we must first discover our inability to rule them ourselves close quote so this is so beautiful because this is something we can learn also we can relate with um joseph you know he was broken and he still trusted god and keep moving and still um believing in god and being led by god's word you know so we can learn from there because I know even when we were saved, if you can remember, if you were saved, uh, when you were saved, you had to be broken, you know, and you're realizing that I cannot do this myself. I need God. There's nothing that I, that, that I can do that can make me um, God's child. It has to be through his grace, you know, understanding that there's God breaking you and understanding that you cannot come into the narrow gates, the kingdom of God, you know, without pride. God taught us that when we were saved, when we realized that we were saved, we might not know the time or day, but when we realized, because you do know, um, you realize that, that, oh my God, you can find that out through reading the word of God of yourself or preaching of, of the word. Realize that you cannot take anything with you. The only thing that we contribute to salvation is our sin. That's the only thing we contribute. You, you have to let go your pride, your self righteousness, all of that at the gate before you enter the narrow gate. Okay, before you enter into the kingdom of God, before you adopt it, you have to let it outside. Okay, so that's something we we all have we all had to experience at the point of salvation, you know. Um, and even our Lord Jesus said it in the same Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 4, chapter five, verse three, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So you have to be broken. That's just that's the entrance. You have to come in broken, like poor in spirit, you know, desperate in need of Christ. That comes with you acknowledge that you're a sinner. You cannot do it on your own. You need Christ. You know, you need a savior. You must surrender to Christ completely. That's let go of anything that you think that you could you could have contributed. Maybe your wisdom, your 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 abilities, all those things, you have to surrender it to Christ and um, and take on the faith that he has given to you to put on him and also the grace that is sufficient for us, you know, and uh, his grace that he has given to us lavishly, you know, in knowing that we, we are nothing without Christ, you know, we have to depend on him completely, that like complete dependency on him. And I love the way um, Paul the Apostle says it in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse verse 9, it says, But he said to me, and this was talking about, let me give a little context. Um, This was when Paul was talking about how he was praying to God three times to take the thorn in his flesh, you know, taking that out in his flesh, praying to God to take it away from him. So this was what it was about and this is what god told him you know when he was you know asking him to take that out of it from him so that's what brings us to verse 9 and i read but he said to me my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness therefore i will boast all the more gladly of my weakness so that the power of christ may rest upon me that's it so that's what it is, you know. We knowing that His grace is sufficient for us. His grace is all we need, cause we need grace to be able to have faith in God. He has to give us faith, and um, grace to have faith in Him. That saving faith to be saved and to be to be, uh, adopted to God's family to be, so we can shout, Abba, Father. You get what I mean? So we need that. We need His grace for everything to be able to love like He'd love. You know, um, Him. Pouring his love in his in his love in our heart so we'll be able to love like he loved. We need grace for everything, knowing that his grace is sufficient for us. You know, so he it had to be at the point of that weakness that the 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 part of God is perfected is perfected or made perfect in our weakness you know that's that point and i'm sure we all can relate to this you know when do you pray the most isn't it when you are mostly in need of prayer or in, in trouble or you realize that i cannot do this on my own i am stuck that's when you need prayer the most actually and it shouldn't be always like that we should be praying all time because the bible commands us to pray without that season that's in first thessalonians chapter 5 and we know distance, but still, we know we, we need God even more when we were in, when we feel like we can't do anything. We are stuck, we, you know. So His power is met best in our weakness. So we have to come in. For us to come in, we have to be people that are hunger, people that are poor in spirit, poverty in spirit, knowing in need, in dying need of a savior. So He had to come with us to recognize that we are sinner. And we need a savior and that savior is jesus christ so what we can learn from you know what we can learn from joseph is that being that obedient you know being com you know complete obedience and dependence on god you know no matter what um and trusting in him because he trusted god you know that's something one thing that we can learn from joseph and what stood out to me about joseph in this whole story of the birth of jesus okay now number two on what we can learn from Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? Mary is such a godly woman. Um, let's go ahead and read Luke. That would be Luke chapter 1. And I'm going to read from verse 26. And it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name jesus he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the lord god will give to him the throne of his father david and he will reign over the house of jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end listen to what Mary respond and this is verse 34 and mary said to the angel And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So that's where we're going to stop in verse 38. So just reading this, you will know Mary is just have a complete submission to God's word. You know, and you can tell also she's a godly woman. You know, she just, and at this time, Mary was young. She was a teenager. She's probably like 12 years old. She was a teenager. And she's already like this. She's have this total submission to God's word, to God. And that should give us no excuse to be making for us. Oh, we are young. That's why we don't know this. We don't know God's word. We don't No, There's no excuse. At this young age, some of you probably listening is older than her at this time. There's no excuse. What is your excuse? There's no excuse for you to dedicate your time in God's word. Dedicate your, your life, your every being to Christ and worship him all the days of your life. Do everything to the glory of God. Your life that you live is to the glory of God. This woman, Mary, young lady at her teenage years, you see the way she's talking. She is. You can tell she's filled with the word of God. She's a godly lady. Regardless of her age, and, uh, and of course this comes from also um her parents raising her, so yeah um going back to Mary, what we can learn from her, you can tell that she have that hard posture or complete submission to God's word. You know, she even re- even refer herself as a as um as a servant. Some uh, translation says bond servant. You know, basically as a slave of God. That's the way she referred herself to. You know basically she's she's telling the angel you know she is the boss servant of god a slave of god let god do as he pleases to her she was so um she was so in, in total submission to god to his will in her life she there's no objection at all she surrendered herself completely to god that means it takes humility too to do that as well too and that's by the grace of god as well too but that's something we can learn from her, to be in total submission to God's word, you know, and don't be a a, a disobedient child. I mean, if you are saved, you're no longer a child of disobedience, because when we were in the world, we are children of disobedience. That's that's the, the enemy. But now that you have been saved and brought, drafted into the kingdom of God, you are a child of obedience and you, your life should be characterized by that. It doesn't have to be perfect, but it should be characterized there should be a progression you know not perfection but progression a direction your direction your affection everything to be towards god wanting genuinely to please him it doesn't have to be perfect so that's something we can learn from this young lady mary how godly she is how total submission she is to god and willing to be used by god okay So we can also um learn to give thanks to God in every circumstances. Like 1 Thessalonians 5:18 18 says, let me go ahead and read it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 says, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you." So Mary understood this. She was rejoicing. She was you know, her response was full of joy. You know, even God choosing her. I can even tell by when you read her prayer in Luke. Um, If you go down in Luke, when she went to go visit Elizabeth, her cousin, like the angel told her that she was pregnant, she went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. And um, you if you read her prayer, you can even tell how full of joy she is. If you go down to, it's still um Luke. Chapter 1, if you go down to 46, Mary's prayer, um, she says, um, and I start in verse 46, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, on all generation will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation he has shown strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts he has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate he has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty he has emptied his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, and he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. So that's where I would stop. That's Luke chapter 1, 46 to 55. So you see that in her prayer she was full of joy and thanksgiving to God for using her, she regarded herself as a servant of God, as a bond servant of God, for God even remembering her, choosing to bless her. That's why she say all generation will call her blessed because the Lord look up upon her to choose her, to be to be able to, you know, carry the son of God. I mean, wouldn't you feel that? Wouldn't you be a blessed woman if, if God called you to do that? You know, and I mean, we're already blessed because for those that say we have the Holy Spirit, we are blessed, but we can still understand, you know, where she's coming from, you know, being chosen to be the mother of God. You know, basically that's a huge thing, you know, so she is blessed among all women, even Elizabeth called her that too. So she is a blessed woman, obviously. So you can see the thanksgiving in her heart, in her voice, in her tone, everything that she's so thankful to God for choosing her. She thank God in her circumstances. And although she do know this is going to be a difficult situation because she's betrothed to Joseph, and she doesn't even know how Joseph is going to react with the whole thing, what people will say, how her parents were not probably not gonna believe her, they would think she's crazy, the shame that will come upon her, the humility, all those things, but she was still rejoicing in that. And it bring us back to what first Thessalonians say, First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 said that we should rejoice in all circumstances because that's God's will for us, you know. That just me paraphrasing. So we have to rejoice, even though. Our circumstances right now for some of us, for some people that are listening to me might not have feel like, oh, this holiday is not gonna be a great Christmas for them because let's say they lost a, a family member or their family is far away, or something or the other. It doesn't things are not lining up to be so that you will have this perfect um Christmas holiday. Christmas season that everybody else is shouting on top of the room. The commercial people are making it seem like, or the the movies in Hallmark movie, all those things are making it seem like you feel like, oh, you were miserable. Why, why, you not have joy like others. But that's not where our joy should come from, you know. But looking at Mary, all, all circumstances, does it wasn't even looking right. But she still rejoiced because God chose her. You know, so we have to learn from man to rejoice in all circumstances, to give thanks to God, even though things doesn't seem as it should. OK, we should always give thanks to God. And also one way that we can also um, renew our mind to be able to rejoice and have this joy is by being in God's word, you know. You know, God's word, that's the 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 Bible, the precious gift God have left for us, his revealed will, you know, going, going into his word daily. If you have a devotional for Advent season, you can read it. If not, just get into the word of God, reading it daily. It will renew your mind and it will draw out your affection. You will, the Holy Spirit, we using the God's word, will give you joy and remind you the reason for the season, okay? So... And like the, the, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. That joy is what strengthens us to go through every circumstance, any difficult circumstances that we might be facing. So that's one of the things that we can learn from the Mary, from Mary, the mother of Jesus in this earth, right? So now let's talk about the reason for the season, which is our Lord Jesus, the child on the manger. Okay, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but the child, the the child that we are celebrating, the God child, you know, that we are celebrating um, this season on Saturday or this week or this whole month, or actually it should be our whole life. You know, we're going to talk about it now. So that's the reason for the season. So um, I'm going to read Matthew 1, 21 to 23 again. This is what we read at the beginning. I'm going to read now verse 21 to 23. And he says, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Such a beautiful verse. I mean all the verse in the Bible is beautiful, but um just for this season such a beautiful verse and such a comforting comforting verse verse for us Christian for this season and for the rest of our life too. So um Jesus is the reason for the season. Well, Christmas, we celebrate Christmas, we Christians celebrate Christmas um to remember or to celebrate. The birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, his birthday, you know. So, like I said previously in this episode, that I don't think the Jesus was actually was actually born on twenty fifth of December, but that's the day we chose to celebrate his birthday, you know. So, and the whole world, all parts of the world, celebrate Jesus' birthday, which is beautiful. So, um, what is the significance of Jesus' birth that is being, that is so worthy? To be celebrated all parts of the world. What is this? What is the significance of this Christmas season? This Christmas day that is coming up. What is its significance? We read in Matthew, um, how the angel Gabriel said that and told Joseph to name, you know, should call the child Jesus because what? Let's go to it. It says Matthew one verse twenty two, verse twenty one she will bear a son and you shall call his name jesus for he will save his people from their sins so this is the reason for jesus coming in to save his people from their sin so from their sins so before jesus came into this world the world was dark full of sin need a savior desperately in need of a savior can save themselves you know destined for wrath because we have sinned against god because the sin have you know coming to this world has permeated in every part of our life It affects our relationship with others affects the way we think of money affect our heart uh, affect the way we look at others affect the way we um interact with others affect the way we talk and and we and it marred everything that's supposed to be meant for good it marred everything. Like God gave us brain to think, to, you know, think thoughts of him, to worship him. We have turned it in the brain and the wisdom that he's given us to use it to what? To come up with things that would distract us from him. That will come up with um crafty things that will use to damage others, you know, to hurt others. We have people creating things that will be used to damage others. And God have given us um, money. That are not supposed to be that good or bad, but but is it too? But we have turned it to be something that people are worshiping. People are killing each other so to get that money. People are doing everything; they're selling everything so they can possess money, so they can be rich and be recognized in the society to gain power. So all those things, God have given us um, authority in some other things, like for example, in marriage, God gave authority to a man to be the head of the home. But men that are not safe have turned into something that is abusive to their wife, to their children, to their whole family, and becoming or to turn, or, or like a dominarian, and uh, controlling and everything, turned into something bad, but it was supposed to be something beautiful that he's supposed to use to protect his family, to love his wife like Christ loved the church. All those things, this is all as a result of sin. Sin have marred all things God created to be good, because when God created Everything he looked at it and and said it was good when he created everything, he looked and said it was good before sin came in and affected everything, you know. So, this is why Jesus has to come. So, the Son of God left heaven, come down to our level, and but he has no sin though, he came down to earth to he became his creation. He was born of a virgin. He went through, he was in a womb. He went through childbirth, you know, being carried, be fed, learn how to crawl, learn how to stand, learn how to work, everything like us. But he was sinless though. He left all his glory in heaven and come down, become a slave, become a servant so that he can save his people, so that he can save you and I that's listening right now. set those things aside so he can save us he lived here on this earth just like us he was hungry he was thirsty he 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 sweat he sweat because he was full god and full man at the same time okay so that's what it it, it was um so uh, he did all these things so that what the angels say in matthew 1 verse 21 i read it again It, it says She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sin. Jesus did all of that so that he can save us. He let go of his glory. He let go of of his heavenly glory. He set it aside, come down to earth so that he can save us, so that what is prophesied will be fulfilled because God's word does not return to him void he will fulfill all he sent it out to It will accomplish all it was set for to do okay so that's why he came to this word that's why he came to this word he suffered died and resurrected and he ascended to heaven and he will come again to judge the living and the dead and i love the way the writer of hebrews chapter 4 14 to 16 says it let's go to him It says, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And I love what verse 16 says. It says, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You see, we can approach that turn of mercy. This is what Jesus did it for. This is, this is what, what we get when we trust, we put our trust in Jesus. We are saved by his blood, you know. This is what we can finally be made right with God. That's what Romans um, 1, Romans 8 I think one to two or something, talking about being made right with God. We are now justified. We are made right with God, okay? This is what Jesus came this world to do. And this all started with his birth, with his virgin birth. And that's what we are celebrating this Christmas, okay? And that's what we are celebrating this month of December. And that's what we are going to celebrate in December 25th. So going back to Matthew 1, our our verse for the our main verse of the episode matthew 1 now we're going to read verse 23 it says behold the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and they shall call his name emmanuel which means god with us so god is with us god left heaven and came to this earth he became his creation he was among us he walked among us you know and since then he went to heaven, he's always been with us because for us that are saved, he gave us his spirit. He gave us the Holy Spirit that, and now we have the mind of Christ. Okay. So this is why we celebrate Christmas, you know, so because Emmanuel, you know, we have Emmanuel came into this world, like God came, God became flesh, you know, and, and, he did that just to save us and we should rejoice in that okay so this week on the 25th and every day we celebrate the light of the word coming into this world the light coming into this world like the john chapter one says he's the light of the word okay so and i also love the way um, jesus was described in isaiah nine Isaiah is the old testament so this was prophesied long before jesus came and um, that was isaiah isaiah sorry i can't pronounce isaiah chapter nine and we're going to read six to seven it says for to us a child is born to us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father Prince of peace, of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Amen. That's Isaiah Isaiah chapter 9 six to seven so that's how jesus was described the wonderful counselor the the prince of peace so this is who we are celebrating and we should rejoice in that that's why um i think in philippians it says that um uh, every knee shall bow every tongue shall proclaim that jesus is lord to the glory of god the father this is me paraphrasing so that's who he is that's who we are celebrating that's the child that we are celebrating the god child that we are celebrating so when you go out there and see those nativity um decoration the child in the manger decoration the child is not just an ordinary child is a god is god in human flesh in human it, it became flesh is the light of the word It's our savior that's who we are saving who that's who we are celebrating i'm not talking about the the thing that is molded in the nativity I'm talking about now I'm talking about what they are celebrating what it should be about who we celebrate is it. the birth of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so what does this mean for us like how does this impact us in this Christmas season and also other days of our life because we shouldn't be celebrating this only on Christmas with such a beautiful news that we that shouldn't be celebrated only one day or only one month it should be celebrated every second Every hour, every minute of our life, every day, every month, every year of our life. That's the way it should be. I will talk about three ways um this should impact us, you know. So number one is we should rejoice, you know, we should rejoice, praise God, glorify God because of this, you know. And I know some people that are going through things in this Christmas season. or This Christmas season is reminding them of their lost ones. Or reminding them that they're not spending time with their family. Or they don't. their family is kind of... Some people come from a very broken home. You know, reminding them that they don't have that kind of unified family that they can go to to celebrate holiday. So when I say rejoice, I'm not saying only rejoice because there's Christmas lights or because you're getting to spend time with your family or because of the food you're going to eat. Or oh, that's not what it's all about. Those things are good. I'm not saying it's not good. But that's not the main reason. That's not the primary reason. But we rejoice. That the God have come in, God had brought solution. He didn't only brought solution; He had become the solution of our pains, of our sins, of our suffering. All those things He have brought the solution, and He brought it in His Son Jesus Christ. And only we, only if we believe and trust in Him, we can get that solution. We can be justified. We can be made. Holy, we can be made one with god we can be adopted in god's family so that's what we are rejoicing for the light has come into our world into our dark world and we rejoice and we praise god and we glorify god in everything we do like first corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 say whether we eat or drink whatever we do we do it to the glory of god and that's what we should be thinking in this season. That's what we should be thinking for the rest of our life. We rejoice in that. That's where our heart should be. That's where our mind should be. And that's what we should be telling others, the memories, because people have lost the meaning of Christmas. Now, another thing also that we can, um, another thing also that we can, how this can impact our life is putting your trust in Jesus. Like I talked about before, Putting your trust in Jesus. That's believing in Jesus Christ. Be- believing in the finished work of Christ. I know he did in the course of Calvary. That he paid for your sin. And you trust in him so that you'll be made right. You'll be washed away your sin. And made right with God. And be adopted into God's family. And be- and God will put his spirit within you. Give you a new heart. And his- he gave us a spirit. Not a spirit of fear. But a spirit to become his child. So we can cry out. Abba father so that's how this should influence us this is how this season should impact us to believe in him jesus to believe in the name of jesus because in Acts of apostle chapter 4 it says that there's no other name given to man that we shall be saved it's only the name of jesus only jesus that can save us he said jesus said in his own word in john is it john 14 it says, I am the way, the truth, and life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So he is the way. It's not all roads leads to God. It's only one way. And that way is the narrow way. It's not just only narrow gate. It's only also narrow path. That means you have to let go. You have to turn your back from the word and face God. That's why God told us in Colossians that we should not put, we should set our mind, not this or this earth, but this or above. Okay? Because we are no longer... Citizens of this world, we are citizens of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven. We are ambassadors of Christ. So trusting in God, trusting in Jesus Christ is turning your back in this world. It's not like a halfway, trying to do the world tomorrow, do God tomorrow. No, in James, God told us, you think you can be my friend and also be the friend of this world? You can't do that. That's lukewarm. God says in Revelation, he will spit those type of people out. Because they're not useful. That's what lukewarm is. They're not useful. You're you're neither hot or cold. That means you're not useful. He'll spit you out. You don't want our God to spit you out. He doesn't even want to spit you out. He wants to save you. You know, so putting your trust in him is everything. Letting go all your self-righteousness. Trusting in him that I cannot do this, Lord. I need you. Trusting him. Cry to him where you are right now to save you. You don't need to do it in public or in the altar. Cry to Him at the private of your own home. Cry to God to save you, like Jesus described the parable that He told. I think it's probably in Luke about the task collector and um, the Pharisee. The Pharisee, when two of them went into the altar to pray, the Pharisee was like, "God, thank you. I'm not like the task collector, and I'm sure the task collector can hear him because both of them are praying in the same place." He said, "I'm not like the task collector." He started mentioning what he did. He fasted, he helped the poor, he did this, he all this stuff. He wasn't humble. There's no humility in his heart. He was so prideful. We cannot come into the narrow gates that way. Talking about what we did, what we accomplished to God. When we were in the world, but we haven't been saved. All our works are what? Filthy rags. So you can't bring a filthy rag to the kingdom of God. So you have to let go. But guess what? How the um the tax collector responded when he was praying. He just bowed down, weeping. He couldn't even look up. He was weeping, telling God to please forgive him. And Jesus said that when that tax collector gave home that night, he was saved. But the Pharisees weren't saved. So you can't come in with pride. You have to let go of everything. All your accomplishments. What do we have that, that we haven't been given to? So we can't even bring anything. Because anything we have, God gave it to us. And his grace, that's called common grace that everybody benefits from, whether you know him or not, whether you believe in him or not. So we cannot come in with our pride. We have to surrender everything to the feet of Jesus and pray to God to save you. And and Jesus is the only way. It's only his blood that can wash away your sin and bring you into the kingdom of God. So the, the third thing that... um. You know what we can learn or how this should impact us, Christmas season should impact us. Um, is number th- number three is we should pray for the lost word. You know, knowing this that Jesus is the light of the world, so he came to save us. And then you looking at your the word that we are in, no matter what country you are in, looking at our world, you know that our word is is destroying. It's just I can't even come I can't even think of the word like it's damaging. You see, our our culture is messed up. They turn good to be evil, evil to be good. You look at social media, they don't even recognize it. They don't even treating each other as the image bearer of God. People are being hostile to one another. People just looking at social media will tell you the state of our world. So if you know christ you should be praying for the lost word for people to come to christ and you can while you're praying also open your mouth this christmas season when you are with your family and friends share the word of god share the good news because you want them to be saved and that's what how we should impact us to pray for others that are not saved and if we're, if we're not safe, pray for ourselves to be saved. You know, pray for our family members. Pray for the lost word or the people that are very bitter on social media. Pray for God to save them and give them that peace of God. Because most of them have no peace. This world has no peace. They need it. So that's how we should impact us. Pray for others. And the fourth one, uh, that would be the last one, is we should enjoy God's blessing given to us. So this Christmas season, it shouldn't be a time where I know you know some probably think that Christmas is a pagan holiday. Is not okay. It's really not. It's a time for us to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Let's also be thankful and enjoy God's blessing to us. God give you a family to spend time with, or a family or friends to spend time. It doesn't have to be a family. Uh, let's say you're not close to your fam- your family. You spend time with a. Fa- uh, A friend or church family rejoice in that enjoy their company enjoy the food that you eat enjoy the quality time you spend with your family you know enjoy the health if god give you a good health thank god for it some doesn't have good health some are in the wheelchair celebrating christmas which is there's nothing wrong with that but you should be thankful in any circumstances that you are in any condition Thank God that you're breathing. Thank God for life. Some people didn't make it to Christmas. Some people died last, last week. Some people will die before even Christmas reach. So be grateful to God for that. Enjoy the life God I've given to you. Enjoy the family. Spend time with your family. You know, and do all these things to the glory of God. Whether you eat or drink, do it to the glory of God. Glorify God in the blessing He have given to you. Don't worship the blessing of Worship the Blesser, okay? Well, I want to end with you. I I, I want to end with an exhortation to exhort you to to rejoice in this Christmas. Rejoice all days of your life. Rejoice because God commands us to rejoice. You know, praise God. Give God glory in everything in your relationship with your husband, with your friends, with your family, with your um church family which whatever it is we you know glorify god in it glorify god while you eat this christmas glorify god while you talk to your family this christmas glorify god in why you do anything in this christmas okay so i i encourage you to do that and be in god's word please shine the light because you are the light of the word a city on here cannot be hidden is that how you say it but you know what i'm talking about in matthew but yeah, shine the light because you're the light of the world. You shouldn't be hidden. Share the good news that you have experienced, that you have received. Share it to everyone, okay? And this Christmas, have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you guys. I love you guys. Thank you for sticking with me throughout this year. And, um, and this is not the last episode for the year. I hope not. But um, I hope to talk to you guys next week. And have a wonderful Christmas. Remember, God loves you, Jesus loves you, and I love you too. Merry Christmas.
0: Thanks for listening to the Vent Time with Connie podcast. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or whatever platform you listen to podcasts. Please don't forget to like, rate, review, or share this podcast. Do you have any feedback or questions for Connie or any topics you'd like to discuss on the show? Connie loves communicating with our listeners. You can find her on Instagram and Facebook at Vent Time with Connie or send an email to Connie at yahoo.com. Until next time, remain blessed.